Welcome to Synergetic Culture, where we exist to provide practical and tangible content to help you build a synergetic culture. Here's the dichotomy though. Culture is formed either by design or by default. A culture by design, when adopted by the people within the culture, has a multiplying effect in the way it builds the organization and the individuals within it. And this, my friends, this is a synergetic culture. So how do we create a culture by design? What fundamentals and tactics and principles build a synergetic culture? Well, you've come to the right place. So no matter where you find yourself in your career, this podcast is for you. And with that being said, let's jump into today's episode of Synergetic Culture. Welcome to Synergetic Culture. My name is Adam Bieber and I am your host and I'm so glad that you're joining me today on our podcast and YouTube channel. I am sitting with a great friend of mine, Trey McKnight. And Trey, before I introduce him, I just want to tell you a little bit about him because he's a remarkable person. Um, Trey has an incredible background and I'm going to share just some of the highlights and he'll share some too, but Trey's, Trey's been um, a firefighter. Trey's been uh, a landscaper. Uh, he's a worship leader. He's got an incredible voice. He's talented as a musician. Uh, he was also a student pastor for one of the largest church organizations on uh, in the country, um, probably around the globe. Um, he is also uh, the director of one of the largest camp organizations for middle school and high school students, where they impact thousands of students every year. Um, and he is the host of one of my favorite podcasts right now. It's called the Inspire to Move podcast, which it just recently launched. So you can get in, you know, as as one of the the first people to jump on this bandwagon. Get but in early. Yes, get in early. <laughs> Uh, do like me, go and subscribe to it. You can look it up right now while you're watching or listening. Um, we're going to talk about it a little bit uh, at the end as well and, and throughout. Um, and then most importantly, Trey is a husband to an incredible wife named Jamie, and they got two adorable sons. Um, I'll plug his social media at the end so you can follow and go and see what I'm talking about. Um, but Trey, thank you so much for coming on the Synergetic Culture Podcast. Welcome. Bro, I am honored. <laughs> Honored to be here, and I gotta ask you, like, who pumped you all that information? Because <laughs> I, well, I, I, <laughs> I was gonna say I've known you for like, years geez. now. <laughs> so I've I, I used to know Trey from a distance when he was a student pastor. I kind of would would hear him speak and would see him at different uh, retreats and stuff. And so I knew of him, heard him speak, heard some of his his story, and then we connected. And he's been walking through life with me for the last two years yeah. almost. And I think I think one of the first places that we actually started chatting was actually on one of the stops that we were speaking on. Right. I yes. think it was yeah. like we were, I don't, I don't, I don't remember what I know exactly city where we were. In. We were in Pittsburgh. It was. Yes. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So we traveled one, one yeah. year together uh, across the country on tour with, yes. with the rethink group. And yeah, there was like a handful of us that after one of the, the nights of programming, we decided to go get food because yep. we were all hungry and everybody went back to the hotel and ended up being like three of us sitting right. at a table at a restaurant that happened to be open late. And we just oh, started man. chatting and, and I was just like, dude, I thought this dude was awesome before I oh, knew gosh. him. And now I've All like, right. I'm sitting across the table talking to him and I'm like, All this guy's right. insane. So <laughs> I kept hitting him up and I was like, insane, maybe yes, <laughs> in a good way. I just kept hitting oh. him up saying, Trey, can we please uh, get together? And, 
And so we, we got breakfast and, and now we've been doing that like once a month for almost two yeah, years. So yeah. it's, it's been awesome. Which has been really cool for me too, because I, um, I, you know, I, I've, I'm a huge relationship person. I love building relationships, making relationships, connecting with people, building community, all that. And, um, it's been really cool to track along with you. It's like, you know, it, it when we do what we do, I mean, both of us travel a lot and, and, you know, connect with a lot of people. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, you know, and a lot of that is very surface level. You know, when you connect with people, when you see people, when you meet people, you know, on the road, it's, it's, there's, you know, Hey, how's it going? Oh, I'm Trey. Oh, I'm Adam, whatever, you know? And yeah. it's like, all right, yeah. cool. Let's stay connected. And then you never talk uh -huh. to them again until, uh -huh. you know, you just and, um, like their photo, yeah, or right, watch yeah. their Instagram stories, <laughs> which is how a lot of us stay yeah. connected. Totally. But, totally. Yeah. But it's been cool to be able to really actually stay connected with you. It just has taken this intentional, um, pursuit really yeah. to, to stay connected and yep. kind of start to get to learn each other's stories and which, you know, we've gone deep. On, yeah. on a lot of things, yeah. so which has been really cool. So yeah. yeah, no, I've been I've been grateful for for our relationship, man. And it's Me too. it's been awesome just to see uh, all the things God's doing in your life and how um, how you're growing and just walking through things. This dude, I got to tell you, <laughs> if you don't know Adam Bieber, let me just tell you, this guy has one of the best attitudes about anything and everything in life when it comes to just digging in and being intentional and taking steps toward the things that he's wanting to achieve. I can promise you that. Um, bro, I truly believe you're going to do amazing things. You're going to have an impact on a lot of people. I'm really excited that you're doing this podcast. Thank you. So Thank you. I appreciate cool. that. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm supposed to pump you up because you're a guest on this podcast <laughs> and you're pumping me up. I don't know what to do with my hands right now. Um, okay, so before we jump into it, because there's, there's a purpose for us chatting today. Um, we're going to talk about some of your experiences professionally, um, how it relates to impacting culture. And, um, like you said, we've gone deep. We've talked professionally. We've yeah. talked personally. Yep. Um, you're walking through stuff with me right now that we're yeah. not going to share on this podcast, but right. I mean, we, we go deep. And so I'm excited to talk about some of those things, but before we do, I need you to plug I need you to plug your podcast. I need you to plug oh, the Inspire to Move is, podcast. This is your podcast. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Cause like, I'm just, I love the whole concept. Um, there's, there's, there's such a purpose. There's intentionality, intentionality here. Um, in, in the people that you interview and just the whole heart behind it. So just yeah. explain the five F's yep. and, and kind of the goal. And then at the end we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. plug it again. <clears throat> well, that's super gracious of you. Um, yeah, it's called the Inspire to Move podcast just launched, um, in June of 2020 and, Essentially, uh, in a nutshell, I you know discovered a few years ago my my life mission, my purpose was to inspire people to move toward positive life change, mm. and I recognized probably into my thirties that it was going to take in order to move toward positive life change and the things that that you um, want to achieve and do. It's first you have to recognize what you're specifically built for. So mm -hmm. I, I believe that everybody's uniquely built for something, yeah. um, for the impact that they can have on the people around them, the influence that you're going to have. I believe everybody has influence, yep. whether that's with a large organization, whether it's, you know, leading lots and lots of people, whether it's standing on big stages, or if it's just the influence that you have with your wife or with your husband and with your kids and just the people who are in your close knit group, everybody has influence. So what are you going to do with that? That's good. And so in, in developing this knowledge and this thought about being intentional about things in life, discovering your purpose, living in that because there's so much freedom there. Yeah. And for me, and what I like to share with others is that there are basically five areas of life and they happen to all be F's uh, where I can, if I'm intentional about these things, then everything else falls in place. And it's faith, family, fitness, 
following and finances. Following would be leadership. Yep. And so if we can be intentional about that, wrap the whole thing in fun, because I think it's important for us to have fun, um, then it leads us to this intentionally designed future. So, um, so yeah, that's the podcast and um, we have great people. We're going to have you on soon. So uh, we have great people that are just sharing, sharing life and, um, you know, experiences and, and the things that they've learned and, and how to move toward positive life change. Yeah. I love it. And uh, yeah, you can find it, the Inspire to Move podcast, anywhere you can get a podcast. Yep. It's it's a great, and it's it, what I love about it too, similar to um, how we like to do things, it's not like drug out super long. Like right. these are, these are, these are bite size, yeah. just w- nuggets of truth, wisdom, yeah. helpful. It's inspiring, it's yep. encouraging. And it's like 25 minutes. And so yeah, that's, that's what I aim for. Yeah. What, what I've discovered is the more conversations that I have, <laughs> the, these people who are coming on are so amazing that they have so many great things to say that yeah. it ends up going longer and longer. So I'm trying to stay within certain <laughs> periods of time, but I can promise you there are definitely nuggets. And even if you only listen for portions of it, yep. uh, five, 10 minutes, you know, chunks at a time, yeah. you're going to get something valuable yeah. out of it. And I love the variety because I feel like anybody can kind of find themselves in the story. Yeah. You're, you're going to talk to people with different backgrounds, different experiences, men, women, people that have yeah. had really, really cool life stories. So check it out. You can find it on Apple podcasts or Spotify Yeah, and um, take, take a listen to that. You will love listening to Trey and the people that he talks with, but don't go yet because right now, <laughs> right now you've got Adam Bieber on the synergetic <laughs> Culture podcast. There we go. Right here. There we go. <laughs> so let's talk about it, Trey. Let's talk about culture because yeah. uh, this is something that's super passionate uh, for me, and I know it is for you. Yeah. Um, as we mentioned, we've gone deep on a lot of different things, and um, as a little caveat, we're going to discuss toxicity today. Okay. But I don't want to discuss <laughs> it. Fun. <in> a, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I don't want to discuss it in a way that uh, throws shade because that's yeah. not what we're here to do. Sure. We're here to acknowledge the fact that it's real and yeah. that there are probably a lot of people who can empathize with some of the toxic environments that you and 100%. I both worked in. Yep. And um, Trey's got a unique vantage point because he entered into leadership of a team uh, during a time of transition and yeah. and there was some toxicity. So yeah. we're going to talk about that. I, why don't you just kick us off? Like, tell me about what that was like mm-hmm. um, to enter into that and in some of the the things you didn't know going into it and just kind of how yeah. it impacted your strive to get to a healthier culture. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> to start, I'll say backing up even before that, because I think that we, you know, where I am today, where I sit today, uh, is a culmination of every experience that I've had leading up to yeah. now. Yeah. Um, I think that's all of us. I think if we choose to learn from the experiences that we have, whether it's high experiences on the mountaintop or low experiences in the valley, as long as we walk away from each experience, from each circumstance, from each situation, learning something, yep. grabbing onto it and saying, okay, this is something that makes me more self-aware about myself, or this, this is something that has you know, given me more insight about people around me or how people might respond to certain things or whatever that may be. I think that that is what lends toward us being able to handle situations that we find ourselves in or that we choose to step into mm-hmm. that then help us move culture in the right direction if given the opportunity. Yeah. So I would say that even before the specific circumstance that you're talking about, I would, I would back up even a few years prior to that and say that um, for me, I've done a lot of different things. Yeah. I've spent a lot of time. I mean, you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, I was a firefighter for 10 years. 
Um, I during that time, you know, so if you don't know anything about firefighters, in most cases we work very odd schedules. Yep. It's, you know, we yep. worked a twenty four on forty eight off schedule. So I would be working every three days, but then in the two days in between, there was time to do other things. Yeah. So I literally just explored a bunch of different things yeah. while trying to, you know, make a little extra cash. Yeah. But then also like, Hey, what are some things Did that I can do? you sell insurance for a little bit? I, so yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I never sold it. I okay. was, I was a recruiter. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. But, uh, but yes, I, I worked for an insurance company for yeah. a very short period of time. Um, you know, I've been a pastor, a speaker, live event host, yep. um, I, you know, fly planes, uh, or you did, I haven't flown in like years. God. Um, I've been a flower delivery driver. Um, <laughs> I've, I was a personal trainer for a while. Uh, I mean, the list goes on. I worked at a recording studio for like two days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got everything that I needed about that in two days. <laughs> um, that's a story for a different day. Yeah. But, <clears throat> so anyway, all of that to say, I've, I've done a lot of different things and the ones that have stood out the most or, or, you know, were obviously the ones where I spent the majority of the time in the fire department. I worked a lot of different stations where sometimes the culture was great. And I mean, you could go station to station and depending on the leadership, yep. you know, they say everything flows from the top, right? Yeah. So if you've got a great captain, you know, or a great lieutenant in the station, everybody loved working in that environment because it's like you develop this synergy, you know, yeah, you do, there's this energy sure. behind the the synergy that's there. Yep. And then you, you see the other side of it too, where I would go down the road and travel, you know, for a shift and see just a poor culture based off of the, the leader that was there. Yeah. And so I think I got to experience a lot of different things, both good and bad, mm. that allowed me to walk away saying, okay, if I'm ever in a position to lead, I want to be that type of leader. Yeah. Or if I'm ever in a position to lead, I, I don't, don't want that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Um, and then one of those experiences was once I left the fire department and went into sales, incredible organization, incredible offering that we had, um, but the culture was really, really horrible. Mm. And, and, you know, if you spent any time in sales you know, that yep. depending on the organization, uh, you can have a great sales experience and you can have very poor sales experiences. And sometimes, you know, people are valued as people. Other times they're valued as the numbers that they bring in. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, every organization is driven by the numbers True. in some way, shape True. or form. Yeah. So to be in a situation where if you're not producing numbers and they don't care about you outside of that, it shows. Yeah. And it creates a very toxic environment yeah. that's very difficult to live in. Now, what I learned from that was, I can talk to anybody. I can take a beating. I can be yelled at. I can uh -huh. be fussed at. I can feel yeah. the pressure of not meeting my goals or feel the triumph of meeting my goals and helping bring others up around you or feeling the pressure of not supporting the team like you should be because everybody else is doing things, but you've got nothing working. You know, it's mm. like this ebb and flow of yeah. the sales world is weird. Um, it is. And just to throw this in there, it's oftentimes fear-based. Yeah. Which is the worst yes. thing for a healthy culture. And that was a lot of the culture that I was in during that yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, so I, you know, I very well could have walked away from that and said, this was a negative experience. <clears throat> uh, I consider it a positive because it really thickened my skin in ways that I needed to and allowed me really even now to be able to have conversations, difficult conversations with people that prior, if I had not had that experience, I oh, probably yeah. would, would have a lot of fear about yeah. and, ha and struggle to, to do. And then, and then to have difficult conversations now in the situation that I'm in, sometimes with my team yeah. Um, that I would be less apt to approach if I had not had to have a lot of those early on. Yeah. So that's, I'm taking a long way to get there. But, <laughs> that's <laughs> but okay. I'm rambling on here, but I say all that to say situations that I've been in before prepared me for stepping into a very rough situation where uh, when I stepped in the organization, um, there had been uh, some some pretty difficult things that had happened, both um, 
just with mishandling of certain, you know, funds and things like that. But then also um, there were some toxic underlying things that were yeah. happening amongst yeah. some of the crew that was, that was there. And so when I stepped into it, I was made aware of a lot of the toxicity. And I think any leader stepping into a situation, you learn very quickly what's working and what's not. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think one of the best things, and this is not to my credit in any way, but I have been taught this is when you first step in, assess the situation first. Mm. I think that one of the biggest mistakes that a leader can make is to step into a situation and just start making changes immediately without first understanding mm. where the, the organization is yeah. from a culture standpoint. Yeah. Um, if you can understand, and it doesn't have to take a long time. Yeah, yeah. I think that a, a previous position that I was in, I took too long to try to understand where it was, and then I took even longer to act on that, and yeah. that worked negatively against me and mm-hmm, against the team. Mm-hmm. So when I left that position and started in a new position, I knew, okay, I needed to make some changes quickly, but I didn't need to jump the gun and make those decisions and those changes prior to understanding where the organization was and what the the consequential outcome would be yeah. of those situations yeah. based off of not just the health of the organization and, and what we do, yeah. but how it was going to affect the lives of yeah. the people involved. So let me ask you this then. Um, let's say there's a, a leader of a team listening right now and either they just acquired this team, just stepped into this role of leadership, or they've been in the role of leadership and they're like, Hey, this is me. I, I need some help. Yeah. Practically. How do you assess that? How do you assess? Yeah what needs to change and how do you assess, uh, you know, that like start, stop, continue, yep. you know, like, yeah, yeah. Or, or stop. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. sh- what, sh- what should you start doing? What should you stop doing? What mm-hmm. should you continue doing? And, yep. and how do you do that? How yeah. do you assess that? <clears throat> First and foremost, listen. Yeah. And that, that may look a little bit different depending on the organization you're in. If you're in a large organization, it's, you know, I mean, you know, we're talking tens, if not hundreds of people, uh, it's going to take, listening intently to the right voices. Mm. Um, for me, it was a small organization. So I'm coming in to 15 people. Uh, I literally made it a point to meet frequently one-on-one with each of those people multiple times Yeah, in the first few weeks that I was here. Yeah. And it essentially was to ask a lot of questions. How did, how has this worked? How has this not worked? Yep. What, what has been the way that we've done blank historically? Yep. How long have you been here? Yeah. What have you felt as a result? Mm-hmm. Um, how has this affected you? Yep. How has this affected other people on the team? You know what I'm hearing you say is building a relationship with the people that you work yes. with is vital. Yes. Like you can't just stay. I look at it two ways. Uh, uh, transparency is more transactional. Yeah. Authenticity is more relational. Mm. You can't have one without the other. So Say it, say it louder. Say it louder. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it again. Transparency <laughs> is transactional. Yeah. So that would be like, sit down, here's your numbers, here's your job description, go. It's great. You got to do that. Check the box. Check the box. Right. But if you do that without having an authenticity piece that's Mm. more relational, how are you? How long have you been here? What do you like? What do you not like? Creating a safe environment for Mm. that relationship to be honest and open. Only then can you kind of start to take those steps past that. So I've I've met so many people who are in leadership positions who, who don't understand that. Yeah. They step in thinking... Well, I'm the boss uh-huh. or I'm the leader or I'm just the fun guy or yeah, the fun parent. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, like absolutely. good cop or bad cop. Like you, right. you think you have to take one and it's really a nice combination of both. Yes. People. I mean, and this is, this is super cliche. I don't, I don't even know who said this first. I probably should. It's like people, people don't remember or they don't care what you know. 
until they care that you, until they know that you care. Yeah. I butchered that. People don't care what you know until they know that you care yep. about them. Yep. You know? Yep. And, and I've learned that too. I mean, admittedly in part, I mean, even just recently, just this year, there was a particular person on our team who said to me, Hey, when you said this particular thing, I shut down because that to mm. me communicated not intentionally. And it wasn't until several weeks later that he told me this, but that communicated to me that, that you, you were focused on something different than what I, what I actually cared about. Yeah. Which wow. is like dagger in the heart, you know, yeah, like, sure. Oh geez. How like how did that? I miss that? Yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, but I think that that's, it's important as a leader for you to focus on like what it is that drives those people. Yeah. The people that work under you or with you or alongside you, whatever that looks like. When you step into that situation for the first time and you're starting to learn, you've got to listen to the people who are there. Yep. And you've got to value their voices. Yep. And when they feel heard and they feel seen, they will become your biggest supporters. Absolutely. Your biggest fans, which is huge when it comes to building culture. Yeah. Because you can't build culture by yourself. Yep. You have to have people in your tribe who are willing to to be the the extension of what it is that you're trying to grow. Yep. Yep. You know, I it, you as you were talking, I just thought of uh, from my experience sales because we both have done sales. Yeah. <clears throat> I had a boss in sales, and I'm not going to use his last name because I didn't ask him if I could say this, but I'm going to say something nice. So I'm sure he's going to say yes. We'll call name, him Phil. <laughs> his name is Tyler. <laughs> okay. okay. So right. I had a boss in sales. His name was Tyler and we were wired very differently. Yeah. And, and he acknowledged the fact that we were wired differently. Yeah. And he spent time in my first few weeks of onboarding, really trying to figure out what makes me tick. Yeah. And then feeding into that relationship wise, not just doing what worked well for him, mm -hmm. Um, and one of those things is you mentioned at the beginning, we're both very relational people. Yep. So like I have to be able to connect with the people that I'm working with up yeah. or down. Yep. Like I need to know that like there's relationship here and, um, he, he's the same way. It just looks different. It looks, it looks more, um, he, like, he's just very regimented. He knows yeah. how to get things done. And so there were, there were times where like days would go by and he'd be two doors down and like. You know, like, I'd be like, are you there? Hi, right. hello. You know, like, and, but he would take time out of his day to come. I mean, even if it was just tap on the door, see that I'm on a call would say like, come down to my office afterward, you know, yeah. and then I'd come down and we would just chat for a second. Yeah. And that would like totally fill my cup. Hey, how's, how's, yeah. how's your son doing? It's good. You guys okay? You guys doing all right? And that like, to me, I was like, one, I know he's not wired that way. Mm -hmm. So for him to, to look at me and go, okay, how can I better connect with this guy yeah. that's working under me? made such a difference. And you're right. There's a loyalty there that we don't work together full time anymore. I'm doing some contract work with him now. Like for us to be able to, like there's a loyalty in that, in that relationship because of how he treated me. So yeah. as a leader of a team, we're talking about taking steps to change the culture and shift out of toxicity yep. relationship. Yeah. Starting with, with Building, building on a relationship, consistency. I heard you say that, like yep. you regularly met with your people yep. to get to know them, to figure out what makes them tick, to find out what's working, what's not working so that you could better assess the organization as a whole, instead yep. of just coming in and being like, we're cutting it, yep. you know, <clears throat> which yep. happens all the time. Oh, 100%. When, when leadership shifts, that happens all the time. Yeah. Um, so tell me about the journey because it didn't change overnight. No. You know, you didn't sit down and have all these conversations in the first six weeks of being at, in this position and then everything was better. Right. So what, what took place? How did you get to where you were able to shift the culture from fear, toxicity, um, wondering if 
leadership is handling things appropriately, you know, correctly, like yeah. all of that. How did yeah. you, how did you shift that mindset? Yeah. For me personally, I gave a lot of hugs initially, <laughs> both physical and uh, emotional hugs. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't work for everybody because yeah, yeah, not yeah. everybody yeah. Uh, can come across sincere in giving a hug. Um, I'm, I'm kind of halfway joking, but kind of, kind of halfway serious too. <laughs> um, no, I think it is, it's, it's going back to what you said, it's relationship. So it's doing, taking the steps to build the relationship. So mm -hmm. showing that you care before you try to, you know, get something out of someone. Yeah. Um, you just invite them along the journey and say, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to understand what you've been walking through yep. because I want to help. Yep. And I think when you're consistent with that, that moves it in the right direction. Um, two, I think that you have to, like you said, be consistent. Three, I think you have to um, take ownership. And that's one mm. thing that I think I probably failed at early on was taking full ownership because I was afraid to make too many moves and abandon the people who had entrusted their thoughts and their feelings yeah. with me. Yeah. Um, but I learned very quickly. And I think that it's important as the leader to take ownership and recognize, hey, you're in the position to steward it well because the people who are working with you are counting on you yeah. to help them move in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. So I think that when you take that ownership, it it shows uh, that not only, hey, he's built the relationship or she, you know, whoever you are, he or she has built the relationship. They've taken the time to listen and to understand. I, mm. I feel seen, I feel heard. Yep. And now they're actually taking ownership to, to make adjustments as needed, mm. whether that's a small adjustment or a big adjustment. Yep. Specifically for us, what it meant was, I, I got out and this is the, the next point. I think you have to, you can't do it alone. Yeah. And so I sought a lot of counsel That's good. from people who were maybe a step or a season ahead of me Yeah. who had been there before. Yep. I said, Hey, here's our situation. This is how I'm thinking through it. You know, don't just go blindly and be like, Hey, what do I do? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but absolutely. people that you trust yep. who have maybe been in the situation before mm -hmm. who you respect as leaders and who have walked through this before and say, here's what I'm thinking. This is our situation here's how I think that we need to move on it. Would you affirm or are there things that you would change? Yeah. And in most cases, the two or three people that I entrusted with that said, okay, I would change this. I would do this differently. Yeah. Or yes, go with this, keep me informed. And then we'll just kind of see, see what happens. Yeah. Um, and then part of that was bringing in an advisor who walked very closely with us. Um, and she is, she's, I mean, her, her job is consulting with firms, uh, organizations, nonprofits, uh, in order to move them in the right direction in culture. Wow. And so she was an expert on this. Yeah. And I said, hey, what do we need to do <laughs> uh, in order to move us in the right direction? And so she literally came and walked alongside us as mm. we started going through, okay, let's reassess what are our core values. Do we still believe these things? Are we still these people? Wow. And then enact those things and then invite people in on the journey. So we mm -hmm. didn't just sit in a room and decide this is what we're going to be about. We invited everybody who was a part of the organization into that conversation and said, what are we going to be about? Yep. This thing that we've got on the wall, yep. are we still about this? Mm -hmm. Is this still something that we want to be about it? Is it clear? Yeah. You know, yeah. does this fit our purpose and our mission? Mm. Yeah. And when we assess all those things, bring all those things together, then they felt the ownership as well. And so now you have an entire organization of people who also feel ownership for what you're doing. And when they feel ownership, that's when you start to see the needle move. Yep. 
because yeah. it's not just you doing it. Yeah, They absolutely. see you taking ownership and seeking counsel from outside yourself, yep. but then also inviting them into the process, both from a relationship standpoint behind closed doors, and then now we're coming together yep. to do this together, to develop what the culture is going to look like moving forward. Yep. And so now we have this 2.0 circumstance where, hey, this is what we've walked through, but we're moving forward now. Yep. Now, did that mean that we didn't still have some people who were hanging on and struggling with certain things that had happened in the past? Yeah. No. Like there was, <laughs> there were still some of those things and you just have to continue to walk with those people and work through that. Yeah. But as, as you do that consistently and over time, yep. it starts to move you in the right direction, sometimes yep. slowly and sometimes fast, but you have to, you have to stay in the grind and keep yeah. moving. Keep so I, I hear several things. I hear relationships. I hear consistency. I hear teachability. Yep. I mean, if I was on your team and I got to witness, which I did kind of from the sideline, get yep. to witness and see you striving uh, with help, mm -hmm. asking people for help, giving people similar to how you and I have our relationship where I'm like, hey, Trey, speak into this. Yep. And you have the freedom to be honest and open and share things that might be hard for me to hear, constructive, yeah. you know, what, whatever it is. And for you to enter into those and be honest and open with your team about, hey, I'm seeking counsel about this. I've yep. got mentors that have walked through really yep. challenging things like us. They're going to help us, you yep. know, to bring somebody in to speak into it. That speaks volumes to to the team that that you're leading. Mm -hmm. And then that, that invite into the ownership of it. Like, yep. hey, this is not for me. This is for us. Right. And this is yours yeah. to take ownership of too. This is not just something that, we're going to scribble on a wall and nice script and say, right. these are our core values. Like come into this conversation yeah. of why we are who we are. Yeah. I love that. That's so good. And then something, something else that I'll say on that too, Yeah, because uh, as we saw in our circumstance, just because you go through those steps does not mean that you're not still going to lose some people mm. because whatever happened before you got there as the leader yeah, may have gotten certain people a certain individual, a certain group of people to a certain point where they're willing to dig in and, and still fight and try to create something good and something new. But sometimes there are things that happen that people just cannot get past. Mm -hmm. And you may lose those people, whether it's you recognize as the leader that they need to go. Yeah. Or they realize, I don't, I think my time here is done. Yep. Either one of those is okay. Yes, that's exactly what I was about to say. And it's okay. <laughs> Either one of those is yeah. okay because when you have the courage mm -hmm. to make that call or they have the courage to make, to that, make call. that call for themselves, yep. what that does is it, one, opens up the door for you to now bring in someone who may more closely fit with what is the now 2.0 yep. of what the direction yep. we're going yep. at when it's fresh start. And what may be even more important in that situation is that now you or that person has had the courage to help them open up yeah. and potentially move towards something that's better suited for them. Yeah. Which then is what I'm passionate about. It's yeah. like, I want to help anybody, whether you're going to work in my organization or in a different organization. I was about to, to say, move towards something that is what you're uniquely designed for. Yes. Yes. Like you, you had someone come on your team, rock star. Yep. And then they had an opportunity come up. Yep. And rather than being like, oh, are you sure you want to do, you know, yeah. holding them back because they were so good for your right. team. Right. You were like, cool, we're yeah. a launch pad for you. How yes. can we help? Yes. And you sent them off. And now yep. that individual, she's doing incredible things. Yes. And it's like, yes. wow. Yep. But to be able to have that uh, freedom to lead that way is so cool to me. Yeah. I think that's that's rare. It's unique. Yep. Um, I think it was vital to the change happening with, with this team. Okay, so. I want to pivot a little bit yep. because we're, we're talking to everybody. 
everybody can affect the culture. Mm-hmm. So you had you had individuals on this team that weren't necessarily in positions of leadership. Right. But let's talk about that. Like if I'm I'm listening as an individual on a toxic team and I'm going, I have no leadership, but what can I do? Because it matters to me to make a difference here. It matters to me to see change. I yeah. want to help in a way that's helpful, not like I'm, you know, uh, undermining leadership, but like, yep. how do you do that? What did, what do people do on this team? And like, what do you think people should do moving forward? Like, yeah. give us some insight on that. Yeah. I think in part it, um, goes back to the ownership piece. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, one thing that I used to hear, I, I learned this lesson a lot and I think I'd heard it before, but I learned this lesson a lot when I was with the fire department, they were really big on, Hey, the customer comes first. Now you think like fire service, like there's not a customer. No, yeah. technically there are. I mean, yeah. in, in our particular jurisdiction, they were taxpayers and taxpayers pay our salary. And so therefore they are a customer when we show up on what is the worst day of their life in most cases. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the customer's always right. You know, we look at it from a, a customer focused standpoint, but one of the biggest things that I learned during my 10 years there was no matter what I do, whether, whether I was on duty or off duty, I represented the department. Mm. Yep. There were people who were going to see me either in uniform or just hanging out with my friends who knew Trey works for blank fire department. Yep. And this is how he's behaving and this is how he's acting. Mm. And I just hope to God that every time that statement, it was followed with, man, I really respect him. Yeah. This fire department must be a great department because mm-hmm. they hire people like Trey. Yeah. That's what you hope for. You know? Yeah. And what I know about my time there is once I realized that, and it was pretty quick. I mean, they, they ingrained that into us from the very beginning. Everything mm-hmm. you do represents that badge, represents what you do. Mm. I've taken that and I've put that into every organization that I've worked in since. I'm like, okay, when I worked at Paycom, I represented Paycom and everything that I did. Yep. It doesn't mean that it was the only thing in my life or the most important thing in my life, but I represented that organization because yeah. I worked for them. Yep. Working at Big Stuff, working at you know some of the churches that I've worked at, working with Northwestern Mutual, like all these different places, I was a representative yeah. of that organization. Yeah, you mean you just got off the stage of the Global <clears throat> Leadership Network, right? Big big summit yes. with all kinds of leaders from all over the globe. Yeah. You guys did it virtually, but yep. you were still on a stage hosting, mm-hmm. and and today you sit here representing. That organization. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. yeah. There's an extreme ownership there. There's 100%. a 100%. There's an awareness. It's not a. It's a responsibility that yeah. I have. Yeah. And so to answer your question, as the person who may not be sitting in the position of leadership. Yeah. I said it earlier. Everybody has influence. Yep. So if you have influence and if you represent the organization that you work with and there's a toxic situation yeah. that you're involved in. Yeah. First and foremost, do everything that you can to not add to the toxicity. Mm-hmm. Two, you have a responsibility and an opportunity to rewrite the narrative. Yep. yep. If you're, if you are on the inside, if you have whatever knowledge you have about the organization on the inside, it is your job to make sure that as the representative of the organization, you do and say and behave in a way that speaks greatness about the organization, about the people that you work with. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that you can't, you know, vent with, you know, a close advisor or somebody that you work closely with or anything like that. But with anything outward facing, it is your responsibility to take ownership of your representation at the organization Mm -hmm. and, and speak boldly good things about that organization. Yeah. Cause you and I have both sat across some people that are part of organizations and all that happened was, just talking yeah. smack. Yeah. 
you know, for lack of a better term, just, just putting down leadership, putting down structure, putting down how things are run. Well, if things run this way, then it'd be better. And it's like, it just screams toxicity. And you wonder, okay, if you're going to sit here and gossip about your organization like that with me, who are you doing it with within the organization? You know, like when, when that, and it's, it's, it's okay to have thoughts and feelings about, yeah. well, hey, this should be run differently. This should be doing, okay, what are you doing to help that situation? Yeah. Is yeah. you sitting here crying about it to people who can't do anything about it? Is that going to help? Yeah. No. Yeah. What's within your control? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the ownership I take, the way I represent it. Yes. The way that I, you know, buy into wherever we're going, yep. you know, with within appropriate reason. Like, mm-hmm. I, I need to buy in. I need to show my my leadership that I'm loyal to, yes. to the, the direction they're taking us. Because if I don't agree and I'm able to even speak that I've been in, in meetings where it's open. You can, Hey, d- does anybody have an opposing opinion? And you can share it without yes. consequence. Yep. But then realizing that at the end of the day, the leader's going to make a call and it's my job to jump on that train and run with him. Yep. Not For against as long him. as you're going to be in the organization, yes. it's your job. And hopefully they've created a situation where you do have that freedom. Yeah. And I say there's a, there's a lot of people that don't have that freedom. Yeah. There are a lot of leaders, unfortunately, who don't create an environment where it's safe to uh, verbalize something that you feel differently about. Mm. But if you have that ability, yep. and re- honestly, whether you have that ability or not, it's still your job as the representative to represent the organization and the company well. Yep. And if you can't get on board with that, yeah, you need to pay attention to that because maybe it's time to go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just <laughs> finished uh, Dr. Henry Cloud's book, Necessary Endings. Yeah. And it's yeah. that's something to pay attention to. If if there's an ending that needs to happen, like you said earlier, it's okay. Yep. It's okay if you have someone on your team that's not in the right spot. Yep. Doesn't mean they're a bad person. They're just not in the right position. Right. We both have been there. Yep. It's okay if you're a member of a team and you feel like I'm not in the right spot. Yep. There's nothing wrong with you taking a step to create a necessary ending, which I would plug the book. I just finished it yesterday. Yeah, it's that's great. a great book. Um, because it helps bring clarity and words around some of the things that I've felt and that I think lots of people feel when it comes to needing to move forward mm-hmm. and move on. Um, and so that's huge. That's yeah. that's a huge nugget. And here's um, the only other thing that I'll say on that yeah, too, go is, ahead. is as the leader myself, yep. Yep. I think very often people who are not sitting in the seat of leadership think that they can just talk smack about things and that it'll never get back to the leader. Yeah. Let me just tell you, if the leader is doing his or her job, they will know. It will always get back. They will find out. Yeah. And you can say things and your frustration and all that, but I'm just going to tell you, be careful who you talk to because people talk and things very often get back. And that leader may or may not ever say anything to you about what you said or what you did Mm -hmm. that misrepresented the company or someone else in the company. But I guarantee you they will remember it and it will affect your opportunities moving forward. Mm, That's huge. So this is, this is not, I mean, this is even bigger if you want to make it a selfish personal thing. (laughs) Yes. You want to represent the organization well, because they're paying you and they've trusted you. Um, But this is, this is where it becomes personal. This is where you're representing yourself well too. Yeah. And if you're going to say or do things that are going to misrepresent someone else or another organization, essentially you hurt yourself and you look like an idiot. And guess what? The job (laughs) title doesn't go with you. Exactly. Yourself goes with you. Yes. So yeah, exactly. So now you're looking down the road and you've started to develop a reputation because guess what? I also have people who call me and say, hey, this person that used to work for you, whether you sent them as a reference or not, people are connected. Yeah. I've had people call me and say, hey, you had this person work for you. Um, You know, what were they like? I'm like, oh, they, they mentioned me as a reference. No, but I just know that you work with them. So I just figured I'd, you know, you as a friend, I just figured I'd call. And I'm like, all right, well, how honest do you want me to be? 
<laughs> because this person is great in this area, in this area, in this area, yep. in this area. Yep. But I would also caution you on blank because this was our experience. Yep. Yep. And so now those things that you thought were super innocent because you were frustrated and you have a uh -huh. right to, and that leadership didn't, and uh, yep. now it's following you. Wow. Wow. All right. So let's sum this up. Yep. So from the position of a leader, mm -hmm. you step into a team, you're leading a team, there's toxicity, there needs to be culture change. How do you do it? We talked about, you, sum it up for us. Yep. What, what are action steps leaders can be taking today? Relationships, build the relationship first. Yep. Assess and see what's happening yep. before you start to make changes. That's good. Don't wait too long to make those changes when you see a change that needs to be made. Mm -hmm. Be consistent. Mm. Take ownership. Yeah. So good. Yep. So good. Okay. And, and now from the team member, somebody who is a part of a team listening, going, I'm on a toxic team or I've been in a toxic team. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Go ahead. Sum it up for us. Action yep. steps. Yep. Uh, Act as the leader. This is the way I was, I didn't say this before, but I would, I would say it as self. Take ownership in which you act as the leader yourself. Mm. One of our core values here at the organization I'm at now uh, is own it. <clears throat> and what that means is as a person who works here in this organization, I want everything that people see me do or say to be as if I were the leader, mm. as if I was the one who owned this. None yep. of us own it because it's a nonprofit. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but exactly. I'm going to act in a way that, I take ownership as if I were the owner or the leader. Yep. Because here's the thing. The owner, the leader cares tremendously about the organization sure. and about the people that they serve. Yep. So if I'm acting as the leader, yep. whether I am the leader or not, it makes a difference. Yep. And that's where that extreme ownership and representation comes in. Yep. Because the leader cares, yep. if I'm in a position as a part of a team and I show that same intentionality and that same uh, authentic care for the mission, yep. the vision, the direction. Yep it, that speaks volumes to the people around you. And that's, 100%. um, uh, infectious Pe people, people yes. look, they notice it and yep. then they go, okay, well, maybe, you know, that I'm, I want to look like that. I yep. want to do that. I want to yep. lead like that. They're obviously doing something in their lane mm -hmm. and doing it well, because look at them. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's and huge. then extreme ownership, absolutely, both as a leader and as a member of a team yeah. own it. Yeah. I love that. Gosh, Trey, you're like just filled with so much wisdom. It's oh, so fun to sit and well, talk with you. It's just, it's just the journey that I'm learning still, actively learning. Yeah. It's things that I've learned um, by my own mistakes and sometimes sure. accidental success. <laughs> uh, but really, it is just a lot of trial and error. I mean, that we learn the best lessons when we fail. Yeah. And then we pick ourselves back up and we keep moving forward. And um, that's what I try to do every day. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, Trey, thank you so much for coming Absolutely, on man. Thank the you Synergetic for Culture Podcast. I yeah. think... What you've shared is so important, so vital, and I hope it helps. It, it always encourages me to sit and talk with you, but I hope that it encourages the listeners today. So one more time, you, let me tell you this, TreyMcKnight.com. <laughs> you can find more about the Inspire to Move podcast. You can subscribe there. You can get emails from him. Uh, you can read blogs. You can even book him. Like, listen to this man's voice. If you wanted to book him as a speaker, uh, I, I didn't mention at the beginning, but I did mention halfway through Global Leadership uh, uh, Network. Yeah. And Trey is an event host. And so he's, he's done things with Chick-fil-A. He's yeah. done things with the rethink group where we yep. met on tour. He's done things. I mean, we, he's done a lot. And so, um, connect with him, reach out to him, feel free to do that. Uh, and then, uh, I, at I am Trey McKnight is yep. also his Instagram handle. So give Instagram, him Twitter. Yeah. Yep. Love to connect, follow him, connect with him, shout him out. If you're listening to the episode, 
follow his podcast, listen to those episodes. I hope that you're encouraged and that you feel like you can take ownership of creating a synergetic culture around you. That's the whole purpose. So, Let's go. Trey, you're the man. Thank Adam, you for coming on. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, man. This has been an honor. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to today's episode. To learn more about Synergetic Culture, we invite you to go to SynergeticCulture.com. Sign up to receive our weekly podcast and blog, and then connect with us on social media. We want to be connected to you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe to the podcast, and then share our show with the people around you so they too can build a Synergetic Culture. This episode was written and recorded by Adam Bieber, founder and CEO of Synergetic Culture. Synergetic Culture is a registered trademark of Adam Bieber and the Synergetic Culture Company.